Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. Okay, so I, I mentioned to you guys last week about uh, a prophetic word that the Lord had given me quite a while ago. We had a conference. We used to have that big building across the way. And the Lord gave me this word, he said, to declare that the apes are being released in, in America. And I was like, I was like, the apes, which is this phrase I got, and I didn't really know what it meant. And the, and the Holy Spirit said, think about it, just, you know, and, I, and the Lord just spelled it out for me. He said, the apostolic prophetic evangelists are going to be loosed in America, okay? So in this conference, of just by faith, I, I remember... I brought this word, and I said, we, we lose the apes and all this stuff, you know, the, the apostolic prophetic evangelist, and the S stands for servants, servant-hearted. If you're not servant-hearted, it doesn't count for anything. Any, any of those titles don't mean anything, because the greatest among you will be your servant. So if it's not built in the foundation and motivation of servanthood, it's, it's not even authentic, all the high-flying gifts and titles that we might uh, assume upon. And so... Uh, so I, I, I did this, and then that weekend, someone brings me this news article. It was, was kind of almost, it was way back. It was like when there wasn't even that much on internet back then. And it said, uh, it said did you hear about the, the ape that escaped? I was like, what? So there, in, in the zoo, there was an actual ape, and I, I was trying to look for that article because I used to have it. But anyways, what I remember of it, it was a, a, a gorilla, a young male gorilla, that actually uh, jumped a, a moat, and it was a 12 by 12 jump he had to make. Like a, they, they put this gap between the fence, and they thought there's no way he's going to be able to. He did it somehow. He got out. And then he ran through the streets, and he ran right into the inner city and picked up a child, carried this little toddler around for a while, and then put the child down. Eventually, they got him, and they put him back. But um, I just thought it was such a picture, a manifestation, that God wants to release a new power, uh, with, within the body of Christ in our nation, and I believe it's already here, and it just has to be cultivated. I believe there is, you know, the Lord says that the foundation of the church is, is built upon the apostles and the prophets. Well, a foundation is, is not just um, a one-time shot. A foundation is something that everything is built on, and a foundation, you look at the floor here, it's something you walk on all the days of your life. And so, to sell ourselves short and go, well, that was just that first century church. They had all that power gifts going and everything, you know, but we're, we're good now. We got the Bible. We're good. We don't need anything else that the Bible actually describes. It says that will be for our assistance until the, 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 the body of Christ comes into maturity, okay, comes into complete unity. He gives the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers, the five-fold ministry. Is this making sense to anyone? And so, and it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. Remember we talked about uh, servant-heartedness? And so we all are called to be equipped and to serve. And some of us will serve our way. Yeah, that's what I said. We'll serve our way into some of these offices of uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers. And, and so this is an extraordinary, this is the blueprint of God on how he builds a church and how he changes society, how he literally brings transformation in the earth. But he needs young, powerful people all the days of their life. You know, I was thinking about just being, being young, the, the concept of young. Uh, there's so many beautiful things we can think about as Jesus brought a child into his arms and 
of course, blessed that child, but said, hey, whoever humbles themselves like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And what, what a concept. I mean, he brings a little child and says, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. He even goes on to say, um, if we don't humble ourselves, uh, whoever um, will not humble themselves will not enter. He says, um, uh, uh, let me read it to you, actually. Mark uh, 10, 15 says, I tell you the truth. So when Jesus, who is the truth, says, I tell you the truth, this is an important truth. This is truth upon truth, okay? This is an exclamation. He says, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And so there's something about this childlike spirit and, you know, the, the trusting nature of a child, the faith, uh, you know, just believing our Father um, that just keeps us fresh, keeps us new, keeps us great in the kingdom and gives us access to the kingdom, okay? And I thought of this phrase, you know, that um, you've probably heard this before, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I, th I think that's something that as believers should not apply to us. I've, I've known people, maybe I've been one myself, but I've known people in my life where I'm like, oh man, they'll never learn. They'll never grow. They're just set in their ways. And that's a dangerous thing, guys. I believe if we're following the Spirit, our inheritance is to keep growing. doesn't matter what age you are. doesn't matter how much success you've had in the past and you think you're all that. If we don't humble ourselves and stay in that place, because the thing about children, you ever go away from a kid like six months later, you come back and go, whoa, you grew. I mean, you come back a year later, like, whoa, you're stretching up. They're constantly growing. They're constantly changing. And that's our inheritance in the Lord. If we ever just level off, said, I'm good, I've arrived, you know. I mean, there's a, there's a level of pride uh, that, that can slip in. And so that phrase, can't teach, teach an old dog new tricks, should absolutely not apply to those who are following the Jesus, those who have the spirit. That I, I, For me, all the days of my life, I want to be able to change on a dime. I want to be able to, Lord, oh, Holy Spirit says, let's go, come on. I'm still growing, I'm still learning, I'm not setting my ways. I'm not going, well, I remember back in the day in the 80s when the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, poured out and, it, and good stuff happened. People got gold teeth and they, people got, so we're, we're just going to, we're going to go around that model for the rest of our life because that's how it happened then and this and that, you know. This, and and as, how many movements have been cut short? How many revivals have been cut off because people think, well, we got the formula, and, or we've patented the formula. You know, I own it now. So that's where it really gets in trouble. It's like, who, who gets the credit? Who? And so I believe that that childlike spirit of ever growing, ever learning, ever expanding. That's what I love about my wife. She's just a constant student. One of the many things I love about my wife. <laughs> but, but she really is. She's just growing all the time. Every day she's just got that wide-eyed wonder in the word, uh, in life, and growing, and learning, and Whatever she's into, she's just growing, and, and, and we need to be like that. We don't, we don't everyone just level off and just grow comfortably numb and just entertain ourselves, just amuse ourselves with the things of this world. I mean, that's, what a waste of a life when we, we have to give an account of our life and how we manage our time and our talents and our treasure, and we'll stand before the king someday, and we'll talk about stewardship. I mean, we, we need to be reminded of these things because the payoff, you got to realize, the payoff is not in this life. This is just a shadow and a type. If you get something good that comes here, praise God for it. Let your heart rejoice. But this is nothing to the eternal reward 
when God said, this is yours forever. Everything here is decaying and fading except our relationship with each other and with the Lord. But there is a reward of the righteous at the resurrection of the righteous that we all should be concerned about daily. Now, that sounds kind of abstract, like, well, you know, I want my here and now. You know, I'm just some, you know, and, there's, and how many believers, I call them carnal believers, if all they think about is a payoff in this life. There's a scripture I always tell young people, this comes from Psalm 17, where David says, uh, he says, Lord, deliver me from men of this world whose reward is in this life. Man, if you get linked up with someone, you try to go into business with someone, you try to walk together with someone, and your reward is an eternal reward. You're, you're looking for a different, a different reward system, different payoff, and, you, and you're working with someone that just wants it all right here, right now. There's going to be a train wreck because it's two different value systems. And, and the reason we can breathe, the reason we can live by faith and, 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 and not crumble under the fear, especially of the times we're in right now where so many people just, are just crumbling under fear and paralyzed by fear and uh, is because our reward is not in this life. We, we have something much, much better <laughs> to look forward to, eternal life in Christ Jesus, where nothing de- decays, uh, where, where nothing can be stolen, nothing can be lost. Does this make sense? And that's what gives us hope. That's how we, we wake up every day and go, man, this is a great day to be alive. I'm going to leave it all on the field. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to just, I'm gonna, you know, leave it all on the mission field, leave it on the harvest field this day. And then we go to bed and say, thank you, Jesus, that was good. I'm going to do it again. However many days, it gives me strength. Okay, we're going to talk about power in just a moment, but let me finish about uh, being, being youthful, being, being uh, young. So it's a mindset. So much of it is a mindset. You know, and if you only do the same old things, you'll become the same old thing. Did I just say that? That was good. If you only do the same old things, you'll become the same old thing. You need to stretch. You need to grow. Those are of the spirit are like the wind. So if you just get in that, that, that same routine, you're like, there it is again. There it is again. Man, you just, things just start to get boring, for one. It gets kind of decrepit after a while. It's like so predictable. Okay? You're not, if you're really born of the spirit, you, you, you will not be totally predictable. You're going to come up with stuff like, how did she come up with that? Or how do you think of that? Or why is he doing that? Because the Holy Spirit told me. Because I had a vision, because I had a dream, because I had a confirmation, because I read a scripture, and he said, break out of your ways. Go deeper, go further, get stretched. If you're following Jesus, you're going to get stretched. Yeah, he'll give you times of rest and refreshment. He knows how far to stretch you, you know. Who was it? Austin talking about last week about Stretch Armstrong. You remember that guy? All the, all the guys. Just, you know, how many people feel like that, right? You remember uh, when, when she was struggling with identity issues and the Incredibles, and you are Elastigirl. Remember who you are, right? <laughs> you, you know, get back with it. You're a superhero in the Lord. That's, that's, and, and whenever we downsize ourselves from that calling, it gets boring, it gets pre- predictable, and watch this, we become vulnerable, just like David when he stopped going to war the times when the kings would go to war in the spring and he stayed back and then here comes Bathsheba, a weapon formed against him worse than the armies that he had faced. Okay? So we need to be in position. We need to keep growing. We need to uh, constantly be renewing our mind. We're going to talk about how do we do these things in a moment. But let me talk to you about power for a moment. Who wants some power up in here? 
Hey, it's good to want power. There's a lot of, you know, politics is nasty, if you haven't noticed. And it's mostly power struggles. But it's done the wrong way. It's power struggles in this life, mostly uh, by people who, are, who have selfish ambition and gri- driven by greed and, and ego issues and all that kind of stuff. But it's okay in the kingdom of heaven to desire power because Jesus said, go and wait until the power comes upon you. He basically said to the church back then, you really can't do nothing right now. You're just in that in, little in-between spot. You know, you're on the other side of the cross, but before the power had come, just wait upon the Lord and the power, you'll be endowed with power. And so the 120, you, you know, the day of Pentecost, they're all together, united. The good thing is they were united. I believe the Holy Spirit is attracted to unity. Once we get in that place of unity, uh, I believe it sets a landing strip for the Holy Spirit to come. You ever notice that when you're, when you're, you're struggling with disunity and, and it's, just, it's, just, it's just hard. It's hard to get anything done. And I think it's hard for the Holy Spirit to get anything done. He waits for us to come into that one accord. Make sense? Um, that's how we know the Holy Spirit likes Japanese cars. They came into one accord. Just had, to, just had to do that for a minute. Sorry. Y'all are, y'all are getting too serious up in here. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's talk, about, um, let's talk about power for a moment. You know, having power, the capabilities of power, exerting power. Another um, translation of, uh, or definition of it is influential. Who wants to be influential in this life? You want to have some impact. I believe it's okay to believe for these things, to desire these things. It's all about how we go about it. I talked about, um, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 last week, we talked about, mark this, there will be terrible days in the last, the terrible times in the last days. And we read the description that's pretty discouraging, pretty uh, kind of nasty, really. And then at the end, he sums it up. It says, uh, having a form of godliness but denying its power. So basically, religious people who got a little dab of your religion, but they got no real impact, no spirit power behind it. And they're very carnal, very selfish at the root issue of their life. Um, and so we talked about Luke ch- chapter 9, verse 1 says, and how Jesus calls his 12 disciples together, and he gives them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? He gives us uh, power over all devils, all demons, demonic realm. This is the inheritance of the saints. Now, do we steward this? Do we understand this? Are we after this? See, a lot of us don't even really care about what's been given us. We're not hungry for it, or, we don't, or we're ignorant of it. And therefore, the devil has his way, and he inflicts people with all kinds of demonic oppression, possession, and diseases, and things that are going on. And the Lord says, I've left the people in the earth, a blood-bought people, a, people, a chosen people, a holy nation. I've, I, I have a remnant. And the Lord told me, give me a word the other day. He said, run with the remnant. I was like, what do I do with these crazy times? These are getting insane. Half the church is blind, doesn't even see what's happening. Can't even, you know. And the Lord said, just run with the remnant. Just go with those who are awake, those who are alive, those who are not deceived. Run with the remnant. You're not going to get everybody right now, guys. There's a lot going down, and there's a lot of people totally oblivious or given over to the ways of the world. But there's some that are awake, that hear the voice of the Spirit. It says there'll be such great deception at the end of the age that even the elect, 
Even the elect, the remnant would be deceived if it was possible. Why is it not possible? Because the sheep know the, the voice of their savior, of their shepherd. And, and so there's something like these voices can be literally saying the exact same scriptures. A spirit of religion can come and say all the stuff that sounds right. But you're like, wait a sec. That's not the voice. That might be saying all the right thing, but that's not the voice. Is this making sense? So we need to look for who's alive, who is well. We need to bring everyone in we can, never give up on anyone. But there's a remnant. There's a chosen people that are going to run this race to the end together. So he says, I'm not ashamed. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 1, 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed because the 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 gospel, the good news, other way to say it, um, is the power of God for salvation. We, I, I, I literally believe that we, were, we had an experience Friday night where we were on the streets and with the fireplace crew and my wife and I were able to go out and, and we had such an extraordinary time and it just felt like the darkness was pushed back. Like it was like, where did the darkness go? There's just the light ruled and reigned. And it was almost like if you weren't part of that light, man, you were on the outside looking in like, well, you know, how, what, got, what got into those people? I mean, the, the party was happening where the Holy Spirit was being poured out. That was the life. That was the light. I'm telling you. And there's a standard that God wants to raise up where people are just like literally just jealous. Like, wait. What's it, what do they got that I don't got? I mean, I got my drugs, my drinking, my, but, huh. And I believe that that standard is going to be raised up. It's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. So there's a power to, to radiate Jesus, to shine, um, to pierce the darkness of our times. Uh, however, it says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness, to those who are perishing, some people won't get it. I remember Courtney the other day; she was preaching her testimony on the tractor, and um, and she was just preaching her heart out as she does, and telling her story. And and you know, there's a lot of people that that respond and do respond, and like like wow. But there was a a, a lady I didn't barely saw her except out of my peripheral because she's right behind me. But there was a lady just flipping her off the whole time, just demonized, just like. Total, and what, what Courtney was saying, being delivered of, of every kind of sin and addiction, these type of things, and how Jesus, you know, to this lady, it was foolishness. Why? Because I think in her current state, demonized, she was perishing. And she was, she was, uh, she was um, you know, mocking the good news. Uh, but for those who are being saved by this gospel, it is the power of God. Okay. For those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so we have the power of God. Now, um, we, we talked about Pentecost for a moment, that the time when the Holy Spirit was poured out in, the, in the Acts chapter 2. And we can go back and see almost a, a mirror image of it in the beginning in Genesis, where we see God creates a body. It's not yet Adam yet, isn't given a name, but forges and forms out of the clay uh, a body, a corpse. There's no life in it yet. And, um, and then he breathes uh, into his nostril the breath of life, and then he becomes a human being. The spirit man comes alive, a living soul, okay? So I believe that in the same way in Acts, the body that was waiting on Jesus, 
after the resurrection. Uh, but they were still, in a, in a sense, lifeless. They hadn't received the Spirit, the breath of the Spirit, the wind of the Spirit. Remember, there was a sound that entered the room, and it was the wind. It was the wind of the Spirit. It was the breath of God coming for the New Testament church. Here comes the Spirit. Jesus is gone now. Now he releases his Holy Spirit. And everything that he brings, he brings abundant life, he brings counsel, he brings comfort, he brings power to overcome diseases and, and demons. And so that second uh, Acts chapter 2, the wind and then the fire, and I, I think it's so beautiful when you see the fire comes in, enters in, but then it, it goes as tongues of fire on every individual, individualized flames coming on every person, and it's a sign that the Holy Spirit has something for each and every one. Everyone has a role. Everyone has influence. Everyone has impact. Everyone has power. Everyone has a job to do. There's no unemployment in the kingdom. And so, so you, get, you get your own flame. The question is, are we keepers of that flame? Do we tend to that flame? Do we keep it alive? Or is it a flickering flame? Is it just embers that need that breath of God to come again and again? So that power is available to us. We can see how there's more parables, types between Old Testament and New Testament, but the, how the speaking of tongues, you know, I believe it's a, a picture that it was going to go to every, every nation because people are like, whoa, they're speaking my language, that this gospel will be preached in every nation, the gospel of the kingdom, and then the end will come. You might look at the news and go, well, the end's coming. Well, that's not the trigger point. The, the reality of the end truly coming, the return of the king, is the gospel of the kingdom being preached to every nation. That's what we should be looking at. That's what we should be um, busy. <laughs> that, that should be our business. Like, are we pr propagating the, the good news in our city, our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth? Woo, come on, someone. So don't give up just because it looks bad. Like, don't go into hiding and go, I'll just put my light under a bushel because it's getting rough out there. No, it has, it, you know, arise, shine. Your light has come in the midst of the, what was the atmosphere of that, of that light coming upon the people, the glory of the Lord coming upon you? It was gross darkness. In times of gross darkness, that's when the light shines. I mean, did, did, we, did we feel it Friday night or what? I mean, that was just like, like heaven on earth downtown where it's, usually pretty decrepit with sin and everyone partying, and we could just feel. And I think part of that was the plowing of the worship Friday night. We had an extraordinary worship time, and it plowed, and God was doing so. People had angelic visions of what was happening, and Michael coming, and I mean, just, it was, it, you got to hear this one vision. It was like listening to a movie, like <laughs> incredible. But people were seeing this stuff happening, and then we felt the reality of it in our streets and with people's lives. It was so easy to prophesy over people, to speak to people in that atmosphere. And see, that's that power. But if we're, not, if we're not youthful, if we're not willing to try new stuff, we're not willing to go with the Holy Spirit, if, if we just get stuck in our ways, we miss out. It's amazing how we can just miss out. Okay, so let, let me give you a, a couple things. So we get power from the Lord, and it's not just power to heal the sick. It is that. But it's also power, watch this, one, one way, way that it comes is power to endure. Remember Jesus said, he who endures to the end will be saved. It's a staying power. It's a power to keep on keeping on uh, and not, never giving up. You know, even going through the hard knocks and the, and the tribulations and pressures. You know, tribulation means pressure coming upon the earth. Pressure like never before. And so these things come 
but God gives us an ability to maintain and to advance, actually. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 says, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. Power to endure. If we endure, we reign. We, watch this. You get authority by enduring. But a lot of people don't, don't connect that. It says, if we endure, we reign. And so by just holding your ground and not giving up, you're actually getting more and more power and more and more authority. How many times do we stop and start and we got to start over again? Just like a transplant, a, a plant. How many, if, you, if you keep uprooting that plant, it's not going to gain. It's, eventually it's going gonna, it's gonna to literally be diminished in its, in its fruitfulness. It's going to be like, what's happened? You've uprooted me. Some of you stopped and started and did. And but those who put their hand to the plow and ne- don't look back and never give up. Man, there's a harvest waiting for those ones. Who endure, who endure, who endure. Even when the devil comes and lies about you and people turn against you, but you're like, man, I know my position. I, I know my place. I know what God's called me to. Woo, come on. Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 says, but you keep your head in all situations. You don't, hear, you don't see that one hanging on many uh, refrigerators. You keep your head in all situations. Maybe we should in the times we're in right now, right? Uh, maybe it applies for now more than ever. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship, okay? Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. In other words, multiply your ministry into others as well. And, and that's generational. It's like raising up the young ones, raising up, you know, just making sure that we're being fruitful, you know, so we, we're not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we're those who believe and are saved. So we keep enduring. The next one is power to reform. I'll just touch on this. You remember in the book of Acts where it says, whoa, that those, who, those men, there's just two disciples, those men who have turned the world upside down have come to our city. Just two disciples, probably after their last beating of enduring what they had to go through in the last time. They're coming in and they're going, whoa, the power to reform, the power to change our, our city, change society. How many people think Tennessee is worth fighting for? Yes. So, so we're the light. You, don't, you know, we got to stop always just looking for, you know, government to do the work. I mean, yes, we pray for all those in authority, but we are the light and we have to burn bright on behalf of our state with faith, with prophecy, with power, with declaration, with good works. Does this make sense? And just, just keeping our light on that our light would shine before men, that they'll, they'll see. They'll see because the lights have, have not been diminished. Okay, power to reform. We get power to heal. Okay, we talked about that, that these signs will accompany, accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tr- tongues. They'll pick up snakes with their hands, and they will... Drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Did you guys hear about, we have a dear friend, uh, the, the Penrose family. I don't know if you heard about Bailey, their, their daughter, uh, who was part of our last week with the uh, Harvest Sound Intensive. So we've known this family, beautiful family, friends of ours, uh, for many, many years. And when Bailey was born, not long into it, she started having uh, problems, seizures, and, and things to the point where they had to do, they had brain tumor, and they had to go in and, 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 and do, even as a child, we were praying for them back then, this little baby having to have 
uh, brain surgery and and then all these years, was she like 23 now or something? Year after year of just enduring, enduring, and just so much stress on the family, the parents, and just believing seizures and, uh, you know, eating issues. Just all that. She just had one thing after another. And we're like, Lord, how long? How long? You know? And guess what happened? Last week, I think Tuesday night, who knows all, when it all happened, but last week, she got healed. She, she got she said she couldn't even eat three meals a day. She said when she would sit before her food, she would just like literally just feel like nervousness would come on her and anxiety. She couldn't eat. She was like, well, maybe one meal a day. She, I sat beside her the last day of the, uh, of the intensive. We were having the, the meal. And, and she, goes, she goes, Pastor Scott, she goes, you don't know what kind of miracle this is. I'm eating three meals a day, whatever I want. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That's good news. So they will place hands on the sick and they will get well. This is your inheritance. Power to heal. Power to heal. And don't worry about results. Just do it. Just do what Jesus said. What would happen if, if believers just, just, yes, sir, you said it, we'll do it. Yes, sir. You know, if we just stop overthinking or worrying about the results or worrying about p- performance anxiety, like, are they going to like me or is this going to happen or someone, you know, and we just say, Lord, Father said so, I'm going to do the works I'm going to do what Jesus said. I just believe the Lord rewards that mightily. And so power to overcome. First uh, John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, the, the forces of this world. It says, Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And so there's an overcoming power to be a victor, uh, to, to overcome the darkness of our times. This is all the power that the Lord equips us with, because he wants you to stay young and powerful. Remember, that's what we're talking about. Stay fresh. That's what um, vigorous and and fresh is another. uh, Oh, I want to read you a definition of young. I think it's at the top of my notes here. Watch this. So when you go to young, just in a dictionary, it says, um, not as old as the norm or as would be expected. Not as old as the norm or what would be expected. That's a definition of young. So the, 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 um, there's a song that I, I grew up with, a Canadian singer. He said, the trouble with normal is it always gets worse. Not as old as the norm. So the problem, the norm is a, a constant decay in this life. And then here comes you, and you defy the norm. You're, you're, you're just bouncing back with energy, with life, with vigor, and so God, you know, he doesn't want you to be what's expected. A lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm, I'm 50, so this is what I got to do in life now. And, you know, and, you know, and uh, it's funny. We were meeting with a kind of a financial advisor person uh, earlier this week, and they were like, he, he looked at us, and he was like, yeah, it's a good time to think about, you know, this part of life. And then he looked at us, and he started laughing. He goes, <laughs> he goes well, you two aren't going to retire. He goes, I he just heard a few of our stories. He goes, this, we're not talking about retirement at all. We're talking about just getting things in order, you know. And so, uh, and that's our inheritance in the Lord. Don't think about retirement. Where in the Bible is it talking about retirement? Hello. Right? I mean, some of our most fruitful years. Come on, you, you guys, uh, in, in your 50s and 60s, 70s. Some of the most fruitful years are to be those, those years where you're crowned with wisdom and the gray hair. Whoa, wait a second. I'm not. Uh, I, I still got, I got some wisdom, so hopefully. Don't get the gray, gray, don't get the gray hair, though. Uh, but... So, um, so let me get, so all this to say, okay, power to overcome. Here's your final thoughts right here. 
It says, so how are we to become young and powerful? Here's, here's real practical. You write these down. And you're going to go, wow, this is so basic. Yeah, just like a good basketball team, good sports team, that you just go back to the basics. Don't worry about all the trick shots. It's those who do the basics the best are usually the ones who win. So here's, here's what the basics are. How you're going to stay young in the Lord, how you're going to stay powerful, and in increasing, increasing measure. How about that? Here's what it is. Uh, point number one, be in the Word. Be in the Word of God and stay in the Word of God. You remember in Acts chapter 2, the, the powerful, that young, powerful church that was birthed in the book of Acts. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That was the word of God to them then. That was the New Testament church and the letters that were going around. And the, they had the, the apostles right there. So they devoted themselves to the word of God, to the teaching. Okay? Uh, we know that faith comes by hearing. You know, in the kingdom, you can't get much done without faith. Right? And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17 tells us this. And so when we hear the word of God, it's, it's just like a super booster to your faith. When you hear the word and you're like, wait a sec, I'm not thinking like the world. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going the, the mindset of this world. I have the mind of Christ. How's that? Because I pump it with the word of God. Jesus is the word. You remember that? Jesus is the word. And so number one, point number one, how are you going to be young and powerful and stay that way forever in increasing measure? Be in the Word. Number two, be in the Spirit. Get filled with the Spirit. It's recommended. <laughs> it's prescribed in the Bible. If you don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're wrong. And you're missing out. Okay? And so, so that's going to be, that's, that's literally, we're coming to a time right now where I believe a lot of old denominations that have kind of resisted the Holy Spirit because you can't control that, you know, and are, 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 are dropping the guard. I believe more and more as time goes on, as the decades roll on, I'm watching, people are realizing, you know what, we better get on track with the Holy Spirit or, we're, or you know, there's going to be no life left in our church. There's going to be no young people left in our church. There's going to be, you know, and, and so I believe that we're in a time where people are going to welcome the Holy Spirit like never before and he's going to be attractive to people and he's going to see the Holy Spirit in you and be like, whoa, this will happen my wife and I, if you know our story, she was in a Baptist denomination. I was too originally and, and more conservative. And she was sitting in church going, there's got to be more. There's got to be more than this. And then uh, by God's grace, I came along. Praise him, praise him, praise him. You know, and, and by God's grace, I had the spirit <laughs> and she was attracted to the spirit. Okay. She really was. Cause at that time, if you know the story, uh, you know, there's no way we were going to get married. I'm a white boy. She's Indian. And she was already set up for an arranged marriage. And and so, but what, what, what was working to my advantage against all odds, against uh, thousands of years of tradition and everything else was the Holy Spirit, was the power of the Holy Spirit that she was attracted. She was like, whoa, wait a second. I'm not going to marry him, but maybe my friend could, but I need to talk to this guy about whatever's going on inside of him. So people can feel it, that power, the life of the Spirit. And if you're just having coffee with someone, you're just talking with someone, they're going to see something on you. They're going to be attracted. Some people, it'll be foolishness to them, and they'll be repelled by it. But that's not your problem. That's not your problem. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not your problem. That's, that's called free will. People will choose what they choose. Okay? But many will be attracted to the Holy Spirit in you. So be filled with the Spirit. Be baptized in the Spirit and with fire. Okay? There's a fire that comes with that spirit. We talked about that. Individualized flame over every individual's life. Woo! Come on. I'm trying. 
And then the next one is, uh, um, point number three is, how are we going to be, be young and powerful? We're going to be in prayer. We're going to be people of prayer. And I'll, I'll add worship to that. Uh, adoration. Uh, pray continually, the Bible tells us. I won't take the time to do every scripture, uh, but you can, you can figure it out. Prayer. You know, the, Jesus, uh, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, you know, t- you know, teach us how to pray. They realize that was the secret to his success, his relationship with the Father, his devotion to the Father. Pray continually. Okay, be people of prayer. Communion with the Lord. That means just walking with the Lord throughout the day. Don't wait for Sunday. Lord, help us if we're all waiting for Sunday, right? And so prayer. And the last one is be in the body. How are you going to be young and powerful? you got to be in the body. you got to be in the body of Christ. you got to be in the house of the Lord. I mean, how many people have been vivified, if I use that word again, by just getting around other people that are carrying the flame? Other people that are enthusiastic about God. Other people that haven't caved into the ways of the world. Other people that aren't decrepit because of fear. And all of a sudden you're around the household of faith. You're like, we could do this. And and, and we just rub off on each other. And we encourage one another. We carry one another's burdens. For this fulfills the law of Christ. And so in the body, Psalms 52, 8 says, But I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust God's unfailing love forever and ever. Uh, God wants you to be like an olive tree, just, you know, just fruitfulness and flourishing in the house of God. And, and another one that's similar to that, Psalms 92, 12 says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree and they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. Woo. So in the body, we flourish in the house of the Lord. Check, check. There it is. I was on that word connected. Maybe the devil don't like that, right? Rightly connected. So let's pray. That I, I kind of packed it in. I was talking fast. Hopefully you got it. But... uh the Lord is releasing the apes, the apostolic, prophetic, evangelist, servant-hearted and into, into our nation right in a time when we most need it. Right now, God is raising up a standard where the enemy comes in like a flood. Young and powerful. Do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. That's your inheritance. Your stewardship is being renewed day by day, making sure that that's happening. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So, Lord, we just receive these these points of wisdom, access to youthfulness in the kingdom and the power of your spirit. Lord, help us to be in the word, to delight in the word of God, to meditate on it daily be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Just ask the Lord for a fresh love for the Word of God. Let it wash over you, the washing of the Word. Thank you, Jesus. Let us be in the Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We embrace you. We need you. You're our helper. You're where our help comes from. Thank you. 
We walk in step with you, Lord. We walk in step with you. Prayer. Help us, Lord, to be in prayer, to be people of prayer and of worship and devotion. To turn off the noise of this world, hear your voice, to commune.